Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Cause I'm about to put on a show. Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop. Like that dusty old tome in the corner of your desk. You may have forgotten about us, but we're back and you don't know what the point was. You're with MNT. <laughs> Hello, it's been a little while. How are you, Em? It's been a trip. Uh, I, am, I am unwell, so uh, my voice is a little on the creakier side today. Um, but yes, we have been a little bit more spry, clearly, because, you know, life happens. And if you're the sick one, I have to, I have to be the high-energy guy. Yo, yo, yo. Like and subscribe. Do you like podcasts? Everything is I don't terrible. know. All the kids okay. yell that at me when I look up Borderlands videos. I don't know the internet. The internet scares me, which is crazy because I grew up on it. What's happened to YouTube? All the beauty ones start with, hi, guys. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. This is T-Dog with another movie review. All right, let's, let's not do any more of that. <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. Stop. Um, today, (laughs) we are going to do our final sort of sum up review of Borderlands 3. Yes. T has some plane reviews, some reviews of planes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Today, Learjet. Or maybe it'll just be movies. We'll see. And to finish, we're going to review some TV shows we watched this week, including the Paul Rudd show living with yourself mm-hmm. and uh, what was the other one the politician which the... t obviously did not watch <laughs> i left you an opening we're, we're getting rusty our, our, uh, our no i just wanted excellent... to i was waiting to see if he remembered what it was called so i'm like i bet he's gonna forget i don't even know what it is you've got to tell me look i saw it and i don't know what it is <laughs> you watch a lot of shit because <laughs> like... i gotta watch all the good stuff with you <laughs> Uh, so before we dive into our main sections, mm. what are you playing? What are you watching? What are you eating? Uh, nothing, nothing, and nothing, because I have been busy and ill, and I have the world's biggest backlog of stuff to watch. Um, so I've just been watching reruns of comedies to soothe me while I'm sick. So um, nothing exciting on my front. In terms of playing, I've obviously been playing a Borderlands Three, um, which we will discuss shortly. And there, oh, okay, cool. Um, TV season resumed, so yes. everything's coming back. We're watching Goldberg's, Schooled, Bob's Burgers, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Superstore, All The, the Good Place, suspects. and South Park. Now, nothing's good. None of these are any good. But I did want to talk a bit about South Park because of a sort of an interesting run of the news and uh, mm. my eyes opened to a situation I wasn't fully aware of. Um, a couple of weeks ago, episode uh, South Park released an episode called Band in China. And Are we doing this? Are we going through this? Not not detailed. Cool. Well, surely we'll be. I would like to keep my podcast on the air. <laughs> well, we'll be. Who, who does Spotify own? Anyway. <laughs> um, we'll and have they, to uh, read back into that. Yeah, <laughs> and they made a sort of a 
joke about how everyone's sucking up to get the China market, big population, obviously lots of money. And as a result, China kind of flexed their muscles a bit and influence the art, the media, mm-hmm. and sort of like, oh, take this out of your movie or we won't show it in China, derp, derp, derp. Mm-hmm. And it was quite funny. And South Park, literally the day after the episode came out, got banned in China. <laughs> Clearly what they set out to do, <laughs> yeah. given that that's what they titled the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There's no sense of irony or oh. sense of no self-awareness to ban a show that just released an episode called <laughs> Band in China. But anyway, so I was only loosely aware of this issue. And it, you know, when you just learn about something and then you see it everywhere, mm. it happened that week. So yeah. the big one was in the NBA. So someone tweeted something in support of the Hong Kong protesters and China frowns upon that. And um, they, you know, uh, pulled the Houston Rockets gear, the team that did it from mm. Nike stores and all yeah. sorts of crazy stuff. Um, someone playing competitive, it was either Overwatch or Hearthstone or something, mentioned something, and then he had his prize money pulled from Blizzard and kicked out of the competition. And it's mind-blowing. And I, I don't think... I think... It was just a coincidence, like, this stuff doesn't happen every week, but it's probably happening everywhere. But anyway, it was, it was wild. It really opened my eyes to it. And, um, yeah, careful what you say. <laughs> we are now banned in China. Yeah, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Damn it, T, I've got to get to all the Disneylands, don't you know? <laughs> they won't let us in. Where, where, is there a Hong Kong Disneyland? Yeah. It's pro- is it probably closed this week? Uh, mm Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I'll look into that. Um, although, funny you mention that, we're going to Japan Disneyland mm. next year. So, not that that will give us much podcast material, but we're happy about it. I'll tell you every single Pokemon I see. Yeah. We'll be great. <laughs> um, what else is new? TV, any of the new shows got your attention? You like anything? Uh, well, I haven't. Well, other than what I've reviewed, I haven't really looked at anything new. So good. This is going well. Yeah. How do you feel this is going? I don't know. Look, you're the dude with the new material this week. <laughs> I've just got like two and a half reviews for you. <laughs> I believe you watched some disenchantment. I'll set you up a little bit here. No, oh, I did. I don't know much to say about it. <laughs> yeah. So we started watching it together, and I think I lasted one and a half episodes. Maybe actually, no. I think I lasted three. You know, I just sort of went. This is um. This isn't really fun anymore. Yeah, they're really... So I tapped out, which is very rare for me, because uh, I like to stick around and I, I'll watch a thing till it's bled out to death. But it um, yeah, you just sort of, like, the jokes sort of stopped coming in. It became a bit more serialized than episodic. Mm. And I'm not opposed to that. I think that's... If you can do that in a animated show, I think that's fantastic. Um, but you still have to keep the jokes there if it's a comedy show. <laughs> Yeah, if you're unfamiliar, Disenchantment is made by the, you know, Matt Groening and co, who do, obviously, The Simpsons and um, Futurama. So, expectations were high. It's on Netflix. It's okay. (laughs) Um, But as Em said, they've got this overarching plot, which all TV does now, but they've kind of... um, There's no funny... There's no episode to episode. Did it get any better? Oh, I was okay. Had a few good bits here and there, but... Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, I didn't really want to review it. I had nothing really to say about it. I think I was all the more reason to review it. Yeah, I think I was on my phone the whole time when I was watching it too, so I can't really give it the time of day. Damn. Um, Cool. So if we've got nothing pressing, let's dive into our first section after the break. What lands? We finally finished it. Attention. Yeah, we had a. um, We obviously dove straight into it when we got it, and. Loved it, but then I had a lot of work on, so I had a bit of a two-week break, which was very difficult because I don't know if any of you have noticed, but I have been a little bit excited for this game. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, so um, it killed me because you were like, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sneak on ahead a little bit." I'm like, "Oh, but wait, please." Well, what? Let me play. <laughs> what happened was you were ro- rolling um, Mosey the Gunner, and I was Mose, rolling. Yes. Flack the Beastmaster, and we were rolling through the story, and then we'd put it down for a bit. Then I'd have some downtime or a day off, and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just start another character. This disparity in playing time got so bad <laughs> that all my ca- I rolled the other two characters and caught up to where we yeah. were. I so- watched you, like, fight the same boss about three times in a day with different characters, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was a bit much. <laughs> um, but eventually we got you back on there, and yes. we got Moe's through to the final bosses. Um, for, so we've already sort of talked a lot about Borderlands, but just sort of our final thoughts. Uh, firstly, the story, no spoilers, but um, how do you feel the story was? Look, Heavy story. sigh. <laughs> It, it it was a solid, not bad, um, but I think there was no way that this was ever going to be a stellar story because you just, there's no topping the Handsome Jack character and plotline of Borderlands 2, so I think anything after that was always going to be a bit disappointing. Um, what I did like, though, in terms of the story is that they did an amazing job pulling in as many of the characters from the previous games, including... Um, my two favourites from the Telltale Borderlands. So I was very, very happy to see Reese and... Um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on his Vaughan. name. And Vaughn. Oh, Vaughan. They were front and centre. They were, like, main yeah. characters. You I spend really... the whole middle of the game with Reese and yeah. um, Vaughn runs several hubs. So <laughs> Oh, Vaughn. Yeah. You so, crazy cat. So they really brought those guys in. That was great. Yeah. I was very pleased about that because they were just um, such really fun characters and it was kind of... Weird to see them a little bit older and um, and the ball, Reese Ball. Oh, I do love Reese Ball. Also, they need to release a Reese Ball because I'll buy like seven of them. Reese Ball, no. <laughs> um, so that was good. Mm. The baddies were okay. Yeah, that was I solid. Mean, they sort of hint at some backstory and how you got there, but it didn't quite land. They first like, appear in the Borderlands comic. No, oh, do they? They do. Wait, They're is it Borderlands comic? Yeah, it came out after one before two, I think. Huh. Yeah, I would like to get it. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Mm. Um, and they just didn't quite match the gravity of the Handsome Jack no. plot line. Like, they made a whole spin off prequel about Handsome Jack. He was such a good villain. Mm. And once everything sort of comes towards to a head in Borderlands 2, and Jack starts getting crazier and crazier, and he was around for the final boss, and it's all. He, was a final boss, I guess. And it was all very exciting. And this was... It just felt like another weird boss. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like uh, now that you sort of mentioned that, it reminded me that um, that the the villains in this game, like the two main ones, were not all that three dimensional. And I don't know if part of that was intentional because they made them, they deliberately tried to make them like super millennial, millennial yeah. and um, <laughs> and like very like viewer focused. And I really enjoyed that part of it. I thought that was a really fun kind of spin putting something like that in there. But I think they still needed to flesh some of that out a bit more. Hmm. So I just wasn't really buying it. Okay. I did enjoy the quest where I got to go and like make coffees and stuff though. <laughs> and burgers. Wasn't there a burger? Oh yeah, the burgers well? and the yeah. coffees. Uh, I was a big fan of the Tommy Wiseau quest. Yes. <laughs> they had a real good homage to that was Tommy Wiseau. So yeah. Telling they gotta get my movie as a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> no one understands me. Uh so good. Um, we'll probably uh, go back and, and stream that, <laughs> that quest because it was so good. Now, now, we have to address what's kind of been the worst part of the game. Mm. It is awfully optimized for the yeah. PlayStation. It is a laggy mess. It Menus are clunky. It is not smooth to do anything. No. And it gets worse when you're doing a split screen, which is kind of the MO of this game. Yeah. It's a split screen game. For people on consoles. And <laughs> it was a chore. Like, if you had to open your inventory while someone else is trying to shoot something, forget about it. It was yeah. awful. Or if one of you has to go sell something, like, you just have... The other person has to just stand still and be like, okay, you shop, I'm just going to stand here. Because <laughs> otherwise it's very laggy and nothing opens or moves. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's because they really... They did so much PR and things that there was no way that they could possibly push it back to refine some bugs or anything like that. So I don't know if that was the issue, that they maybe pushed it out too quickly. Because there was hints of this in 2, but very in minor places that didn't really... I never even noticed it. Yeah. Well, we had the same thing when you were buying, like, ammo and stuff. Everyone would lag out, but... Yeah. So that was frustrating and a very frustrating part when we're both playing, which is most of the time. Especially because towards the back end, like one of the final cutscenes um, was all out of sync. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is this is ruining this a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty forgiving with that kind of thing. Like it was really annoying, but um, but I just sort of pushed through. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's annoying, but whatever. Like I'm I'm here for the characters and the story and the gameplay optimization I don't, I don't really give a shit about to be honest but uh, it wasn't a hmm. um humor wise i also don't think it quite hit two as well banked a lot on nostalgia but it wasn't just originally as funny as two was there were new writers for this one um mm. i guess uh like overall i think i agree that said i think they've done a really good job with all the details so um, they did a really good job with so. Pardon me. Ooh, burping on air, gross. Um, they did a really good job with cherry picking some very niche pop culture references to slam in through everything, and obviously I love that. Um, is it pandering? Don't care. Um, but thought it was spectacular. I wrote down some favorites <laughs> that I found so far. Um, so I really enjoyed that, and I think that really ties into what they did do really well with this game, is that it is so detail-oriented. Optimization, not so great. Uh, but the details in the game, like all these little different bits and pieces, were just phenomenal and fantastic. I was really blown away with that sort of stuff in the game. They put quotes for all the legendary guns, mm. sort of they named guns after people, and 
we you know they all have weird properties so you go check the website to see what they are and some of them you recognize some of them are really obscure there was i picked up a, a gun the other day and like oh it's named it's named after a mastodon song i'm like deep dive like a mastodon song there's also ones that were from um oh taco the dog's not happy yeah um there were ones that had quotes from like rick and morty yeah there was the uh get out of my personal space one yeah like that's a deep dive rick and morty quote yeah that was don't forget the south park uh one as well that when you you walk into a particular room and there's a spooky ghost yeah (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, apparently there's a pickle crawling out of the sewer somewhere too yeah so So, uh that that was fun and Mm. i only recognized half of them it's like quotes from june i saw like a mgmt song quote today that's right electric eel (laughs) Uh, yeah, so just all that kind of thing really blew me away a lot. And so I, I really appreciated that. And I think, uh, what do you think about like the new ways that the guns kind of are, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> well, word. Well, that, and that was the third part I want to talk about and the bit where the game really did excel. Um, it was like the talents, the characters, the mm. character like the RPG elements and the gun interplay is yeah. smooth. Yeah. It is bang on and I've fooled around with a few of the characters now and just messing with the talent points, mm. moving stuff around a little bit to optimize for this, to optimize for that. And you know, you get these little class mods that completely change your character all over again and you can build builds all around that and yeah. it's good fun and I'm enjoying that. We've recently hit the level cap so now we're screwing around with builds and stuff finding you know finding those legendaries and really enjoying that um and that was the strength of the game and they really leaned into that and they put a lot of love and effort into balancing these characters which is which is good fun yeah very um do you have a favorite gun (laughs) um I found one called the Boring Gun. I quite enjoyed because it, boring? I don't think I've it, got that it one. shot razor uh, saw blades oh, that along the ground yeah. and hugely impractical, but <laughs> it was just so devastatingly it devastating very, that very I used good it for, for that a, specific enemy though with the big shields. Yeah, I yeah. used it for the that whole level and just these little <laughs> rolling saw blades, and I just oh, that was fun. Um, I've recently acquired one called Rowan that I quite like. Yeah, that is. Um, if you get a critical hit, it gives you two bullets back. So oh, that's nice. it encourages good aiming. Like, you never have to reload if you get the critical hits. But we're playing on a console, so we're not, not that good. So this is lost on me. <laughs> and I'm very bad at shooting anyway, so that would be no help to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just sort of flail around and go, Wah. So overall, would you recommend Borderlands 3? I would, but excuse me, you didn't ask me what my favorite gun was. What was your favorite gun? My favorite gun is the Deluxe Baby Maker. Because I thought yours was the bitch. No, that's my that's my other favorite gun. <laughs> I've got th- I've got a few favorite guns, but Deluxe Baby Maker is my favorite because it's not just gun with legs; it's gun with legs that makes babies of guns with legs. It's like eight guns with legs. <laughs> yeah, so you reload, you throw it, it splits into like I think it's like four or six. I don't know how many. Some a large amount, and there's all these little guns with legs running around going wee. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable and I love them and um they they just they go running after um bad guys to kill and it's really cute. I'm like, oh look at my little guns go, bless you. 
So for boss fights, I've just been like constantly reloading and just pegging guns and guns and guns and all these bosses. Just eat guns, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very fun. Um, what I have liked about Moe's... Uh, Moe's really took me a long time to get into. Not, I think I had to get to like level 20 before she started to really be fun with Iron Bear. Um, what I liked is having the flamethrower on the railgun and just like tanking my way slowly up to enemies and just blasting them right in the face with fire and just watching that health bar go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very fun for me. Uh, we did change to a different... Um, What's it called? Ah, sorry, I'm being attacked by a dog. Um, Spec? Yeah, I guess. Talents? Yeah, like, yeah, different talent trees. That's what I was thinking of. Trees, the operative word. Um, To focus more on the shooting. And look, I'm very bad at shooting. So so that wasn't a a huge one for me. So I'll probably go back to just sort of tanking and blasting people in the face with fire. I watched a few videos, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them focus on the auto bear thing. So you're... Oh, yeah, jump that's what in your I do. thing yeah. and you jump straight out of it. That's what I do. Right yeah. away. And then you let it auto thing while you yeah. shoot everything. Because yeah. it also has a shield bubble if you elect that point. So you just stand the shield bubble and you're both in there going. <laughs> and that's um, that's some nice times. Now, given that you have played uh, 75% of the characters, <laughs> um, which is your favorite? You've played them Ooh. all. I don't know yet. So I started with Flak. I really enjoy that. I've only just now started to fool around with the crazy builds that, you know, kill things quite quick. I think he is the strongest Vault Hunter mm-hmm. in Endgame. So that's fun. Um, but probably Amara. Zane's fun because yeah. he has so much stuff going on. But Amara, who is the Siren, who's an elementalist, and mm-hmm. you'd expect to have basically every effect going at once so you set a guy on fire then all of a sudden they're being electrocuted and poisoned and irradiated Mm -hmm. and it just Mm -hmm. all happens together and i like that because they all glow colors you know you glow blue when you're being electrocuted red when you're on fire and if you've got all of them going at once there's just this little man on rainbow (laughs) fire running around in circles dying and that's nice that's fun (laughs) she's definitely who i want to pick for my next playthrough um oh yes that's my that's my next plan i'm already thinking about doing it again well we've got to get your moves up and running properly first and then we're mm. going to do true vault hunter yes and... but also more importantly don't forget it's a special month on borderlands yeah so the bloody harvest has started we've already started killing ghosts mm-hmm. we don't know we haven't been to the zone yet so no. we got distracted with farming legendaries <laughs> no we met maurice and saw his portal and we we're like we will be back <laughs> with more guns with legs cool anything else for borderlands just that I'm loving it, and um, yeah, overall story, not the best, but the level of detail kind of makes up for that, so I'm um, enjoying the ride. It is very good, mm. but Borderlands 2 would be in my top 10 all-time games I've played, um, mm. so it was never going to match that. <laughs> well, no, I would say that uh, Borderlands 2 is probably my favorite game. Of all time? Probably. Ooh, be cool. Mm. But it was very good. Yes. Which is it's so interesting because I'm just not a shooter person, which I think really speaks to the testament of what a good game it was. That's something 3 has done even better than 2 is this each character has like a build where you don't have to focus on shooting much. Because mm. um, Flak, you can go pet focused and then your pet does everything. Zane, you just have zo- uh, drones and clones to everything. Amara, you can go punching mm. <laughs> or slamming so you don't have to you don't have to um shoot 
And I think that's important because it brings in a different sort of gamer. Because mm. um, like I said, I'm, I'm not a shooter person. I'm very bad at it. Um, so it's fun having something else to work with. Plus, it just keeps it fresh, you know, like... I have to hear about another goddamn Call of Duty coming out. Oh. Uh, another Call of Duty came out this week. Of course it did. But they have a single player. Of course it did. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I got I got the last Call of Duty and I barely played it. And now it's already out of date and no one's going to play it anymore. I cannot tell the difference between any of them. Like I think we, we played a little bit of one a while ago. Because I had a co-op. Yeah. yeah, and it was so stupid. I'm just like, this is... Oh, this well, is you got lost underwater. Masculine piece of shit game I've ever seen. It was, I think it was Black Ops? I don't Probably. know. You got lost underwater and that ended our playthrough. Yeah, it was like, no. you couldn't find where you were going. Because it was just so like, <laughs> oh, no, I just can't. Anyway, we're not going to pile on Call of Duty today. No, say that for another time. <laughs> All right, so that's Call of... <laughs> no, it's not. Like hell. That's uh, Borderlands 3. That was Borderlands 3. Up next for is now. Call of Duty. G- <laughs> Up next is Taste My Welcome back to T's Plane Reviews. You have to do all the singing today. Nah, you wrote the song. You gotta sing it. Reviews of movies he saw on a plane. But not reviews of a plane. Oh, good job. Unless there's a plane. (laughs) I'm proud of you. (laughs) Plane. Um, I have three quick hit T-movie reviews. Hit us. First one I watched was... uh, the, The Dead Don't Die. 2019 like zombie excellent timing yeah go on <laughs> before i was rudely interrupted by someone who was not even on the plane well, you you were you were on the ground yeah. maybe in a car on a couch i don't know your life but <laughs> having a good time with my fresh air yeah but i was on a plane mm-hmm. watching a movie next to strangers anyway the dead don't die 2019 zombie movie this is weird um, it's made by Jim Jamoush, and it seems like, I don't know who that is, but he seems to have a lot of contacts or blackmail material okay. or something, because, listen to who was in this movie. Sure. Bill Murray. Hmm. Adam Driver. Right. Selena Gomez. Oh. Tilda Swinton. Hmm. Steve Buscemi. Intriguing. Tom Waits. Hmm. Uh, Iggy Pop. Zwa. Yeah. Hold up, just loading up the rest. Danny Glover, Reza. I don't know. I can't go any people. higher than that. That's all I've got. And I don't know these other people. So it is. I think I've heard of these. Yeah, it is star loaded. Yeah. Now, it's a small country <laughs> town, sure. and at times they're kind of taking the piss of the format of a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. So it's very slow and plodding, and like Bill Murray and Adam Driver are the two local sheriff and beat cop, you awesome. know, just the local cops. Um, and much like that other Adam Driver movie we saw, yeah, Star Wars, <laughs> not that one, but yeah, okay, sure. What was the other one? I can't remember. There was some um, like Southern American. He was Black Klansman. No, I've not seen that. There was some other one. We saw it at the movies sometime. It was just all right. Um, it's not called Lucky Boy. Oh, Logan Lucky. Oh, oh, look, I wasn't far off. They weren't cops in that. They were, were they? hillbillies. Oh, this, this is why I can't that was do like, movie reviews. Yeah. Anyway, 
That's right. There was a heist movie. Em, you weren't even on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Let me describe this weird movie. Okay. So they do a lot of sort of tropes picking on the start of a... Uh, a zombie movie. Mm. So there's, you know, the kids... So it's satirical. Uh, at times? <laughs> uh, okay. This is what was so... Right. They couldn't pick a thing they were right. doing. So it's a bit so, of a tonal mess. Yeah, everything's all mysterious, and mm-hmm. Adam Drivers are like, I think it's going to be zombies. <laughs> and like, why do you think that? It's like, I don't know, man. I just... I think zombies. And it's like, <laughs> what do you do with zombies? And I'm like... I don't know, they're undead. You're like, you hit them in the head. I'm like, ah, I'll remember that. And like, Bill Murray's talking very slow, you know, very methodically, you know, like it's... Bill Murray-ish? No, very, not Bill Murray, anti-Bill Murray. Right. And uh, it it was just, it it was so slow that by the time anything happened, the movie instantly ended. Oh. So they have all these cameos... Uh, so Selena Gomez is in there with a bunch of kids who are As driving through. No, no, no. She's no, just boy. there. And so she's driving through and they get stuck in town and they have to stay in the town overnight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, oh, they're going to get stuck in town for the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And then they instantly get killed. Sure. Um, there's these other guys that lock themselves up in a hardware store, instantly killed. Nothing has any payoff. <laughs> it's just, look at all these actors. Let's look at all these celebrities. You don't even see it. Half of it happens off screen. Oh, that's annoying. And so they just sort of die. And then they're like, I don't quite know is what it, this movie is doing. Is it like a whole movie of that one scene in House of the Dead where they had Paris Hilton just so that they could kill her? But this is like a whole movie version of that, but kind with more of. celebrities. <laughs> kind of. Interesting. So, anyway, Adam Driver's all like, oh, I have a bad feeling. I think it's going to be a bad day. And then Bill Murray, he does this whole movie, and Bill Murray's like, why do you keep saying that? And he's like, oh, I've read the script. He's like, you got to read the script? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, what happens? I'm like, well, we're all going to get killed by zombies and stuff. And I'm like, so... This, uh, okay. This is like a fourth wall break that they know they're in a movie, and I don't know, it was a but red it, hot mess. But it comes in, like, really late? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. And then Tilda, Swint- Tilda Swinton was a zombie who was also a ninja. I don't know. Proposal. Could it be that because you watched it on a plane, you had a really censored version? <laughs> and so you really only watched a third of this, what's probably a gory, hilarious movie. <laughs> I may have to double check that. But I, like, if so, I'm guessing that's this is the worst happened. edit of history. Um, Fantastic. I hope that's what happened. That's what's happened. When it comes out, we'll watch it again and uh, re-review. Uh, so... <laughs> They try to do all these things, but don't commit to any of them. It was just very weird. I yeah. can't recommend it. Okay. So, thumbs down for The Dead Don't Die. Womp womp. But, the real horror movie that I watched. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 4. Da- 4 or 5? 4. 4. I can't keep it up anymore. There's too many. Now, in my day, Toy Story was a kid's movie. But Toy Story 4 is the most existentially depressing movie I have ever seen in my life. Right, like, okay. It's like AI, but worse. Oh. So, but characters you already love. Yeah. So the, from the, your childhood. The toys are around. <laughs> sure. They're now the toys of um, Andy's daughter. Right. Because Andy's grown-ass man and married now. And it's posing a reality where the toys are immortal and just have to sit around and watch owners come and go and age and die but the Mm -hmm. toys will always stay there so it's like that movie ai how the robots 
outlive everyone and yeah. it's really grim and depressing. Except wow. it's a Pixar movie. <laughs> I mean... They do love to make you upset. Oh, it wasn't acutely sad like 3 was. It was just broadly depressing. So all these toys are like, oh, I'm going to live forever. Like, what's the point of life? What's existence? <laughs> so front and center we have Woody, who's... Uh, he's got a rap for being a bit of a Gryffindor. Um... <laughs> He's the leader, he's got to stick his nose in, he's got to save the day, and he's having a bit of a hard time Mm because he's not a top-tier toy anymore. Right. He's not a favourite of their new... He ain't no iPad. Yeah, he's not a favourite of their new... um, Generation. ...child, I guess. And so, being a Gryffindor, he's like, I must save the day and make a big sacrifice and do all this shit. Anyway, fuck what he's obnoxious. Adventures follow, it's a... Pixar movie. Um, Really grim, depressing kind of vibes at the end, and I hated it. The best bit, though, Key and Peele are in this, Mm. in a cameo, and they play a stuffed bunny and a stuffed duck. Excellent. And they are hilarious. Like, laugh out loud, I'm on a plane, people are looking (laughs) at me. They had all the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. Um, Because they're violent, mostly. (laughs) But they was the only redeeming thing about Toy Story 4. If you want to get really depressed and nihilist, mm-hmm. go watch Toy Story 4. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I haven't seen any trailers for Toy Story 4 because I, I think I committed that I just couldn't see it. I'm like, look, they've already made three, which I think was too many. Um, I'm, I don't want to see four. I'm sure that I will at some point. But what I imagine happens in four, and please don't correct me because let's not do spoilsies, um, in terms of being like, you know, existentially a little depressing or nihilistically depressing, um, is that there's either some kind of nuclear war and everybody dies except for the toys who keep living on. Yeah, that's AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it was the same. Um, or the other thing I thought of is that um, there's some other kind of, I guess, message about how much shit we're leaving behind to just live on forever after we all go and after we all decompose and that we're just wasting all this stuff man so what they did um so you become a lost toy you're not with a kid anymore yeah and these toys are off living their best life independent of people that you know sure just having fun doing whatever Mm -hmm. um keanu reeves did a evil knievel like character in this who was was living that And there was some real class warfare, like the toys that belong to a kid are like, oh, don't trust those people, those non-traditional, you know, those spinster toys. And it was sort of all an analogy for having kids, like like they're toys of a kid, but Mm. there was the family unit, you're with your child, that's what it's all about. And it's weird not to be part of that. It's weird not to want that. And if anyone does any family structure theory, please write an essay about <laughs> Toy Story 4. I'd be very intrigued about the... Uh, yeah, and thing. so it was really dark in some of the plot lines. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. I guess some of it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Key and Peele saved that movie. They got, oh. all the, they got all the post-credit scenes too. They crushed it. Oh, good. But thumbs down again, Toy Story 4. And I'm... Unlucky. Toy Story 2, I think, is one of the greatest movies kids movies of all time so mm. i'm a bit bummed actually i had no expectations it's four like who, who who's been watching shrek movies did you know there's nine now yeah yeah i saw two 
<laughs> I think I saw three and then a Christmas special. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, there was a Puss in Boots spinoff for Christ's sake. That, that wasn't too bad, actually. Was it? Yeah, it's pretty good. <sighs> I don't, there's another Shrek movie coming out, and then a few people I know are like, oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm like, how? Why? What for? What possible more expo- exploration can uh, we do? It's like if there's a new Mike Myers oh, movie. You know what we should do? We should go watch the new one and see if it's got Fast and the Furious syndrome. Maybe Shrek's in like the CIA now or something. Oh, that, that, that would be the way to do it. You have my attention. Like, it has like a Fast and Furious arc yeah. where whatever is happening now has nothing to do with how the show started. Yeah. Like, yeah... Cool. We'll do it. <laughs> well, only if they're doing this. Only if not, if, we'll just write our yeah. own and, and let people fill in the dots. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Shrek against the Russian mafia. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're on two thumbs down. So save wow. us movie number three. Third movie, also 2019. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. Ooh, delightful. Yesterday. Uh, I'm singing too much today. This is great. I'm loving it. It's having me doing it with my... Uh... It's not the correct Beatles song I should be singing. I don't know all the other ones. Also, we don't have the rights. Stop singing Beatles songs. (laughs) (laughs) So, 29, Yesterday, Mm -hmm. directed by Danny Boyle, starring people. (laughs) It's very obvious that you're reading this and looking it up right now. Yeah, I I, I didn't do my notes. Mm. So, Yesterday, a young man, a musician in modern day England. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, the premise is there's a worldwide blackout and old mate comes back and no one has heard of the Beatles. What? Madness. Yeah. And everything related to them has been deleted from history. Ah. No Wonderwall by Oasis. No Coca-Cola. Fascinating. Yeah. And he realizes pretty quick that no one's heard of the Beatles. So he's a musician, and he's like, hmm, what can I do about this? <laughs> and this character undergoes this journey to relaunch his career and rewrite every Beatles song he can remember. Mm. So he's a struggling musician, but he's quite good. He's just a shitty songwriter. Right. And so... I like I loved this movie. It was delightful. I'm only like I know all the big Beatles songs. I could probably rattle off ten tops. Mm. But I enjoyed every moment of this movie. It mm. was it's you know, it's a real celebration of the Beatles, basically. Well, yeah. Basically, <laughs> I, I imagine it's like a bit of a fan letter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's always nice. And so what happens? He starts writing Beatles songs and he has to remember them. <laughs> and you think you know all the lyrics to the Beatles songs, but you know some of the lyrics are a bit... Some of them are a little intriguing. Weird. <laughs> and he's, a little drug-induced. Yeah. So he's got the guitar out and trying to remember, oh, what was Miss Maple doing with her socks? <laughs> <laughs> what was that song about? And it was great. And he's got these great moments where he, he built out Yesterday or Let It Be and everyone's like wow, that was a really good song. <laughs> do you write that? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, yes. wow. Yes, I did. So he launches a career. He's the now the biggest guy in the world. He get he meets up with Ed Sheeran, who features heavily in this movie, who mm. sort of adopts him and helps him launch his career. Ed Sheeran, decent in this. Mm. The best thing Ed Sheeran did was like, hey, man, I know... Jude is cool, but it's kind of old-timey. How about Hey Dude? <laughs> so in this reality, the song's called Hey Dude. Yeah, well... Hey Dude! They kind of be winners. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he gets an agent played by Kate McKinnon. Oh, fantastic. Who is, you know, great at playing oddball characters. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a superstar writing Beatles songs. And it's great. Now, I won't tell you how the back half of the movie goes, but they make some really interesting decisions of things they explore and it was surprising and very cool and i do recommend it um but yes i loved this movie it was just fun that made no sense (laughs) like (laughs) just because it's a premise i've thought about myself if i could time travel i was gonna say we've had these conversations where you go back and just re rewrite stuff and pretend yeah. you did it yeah so if i could go back to the 60s and write nookie <laughs> i would how much would the world be different if i released chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water in like 1962 or something there'd be no war <laughs> i mean yeah look i don't know i do not know you know like go back to the 1930s and like this is a song I wrote called All Apologies. <laughs> and everyone would be like, whoa, man. You know, invent grunge 10 years earlier. We could skip a few genres. See, now, okay, now that's an interesting point. You you can't really do things like that because a lot of musical movements were parallel to what the world was going through at the time. So grunge 10 years beforehand wouldn't have worked. It would have made no sense. It wouldn't have caught on. But the songs are good. The songs are timeless. This but- movie posits that the, the good songs are timeless. Well, you can get into a big musical argument about how the Beatles were one of the dawns of rock and roll. So as a result of that, they become timeless. But um, Nookie, maybe not so much. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, on the grand scale, Nookie's right up there with um, Let It Be. I mean, if Let It Be is a 10, Nookie's a 9.8. Oh, my God. Have you heard Nookie recently? It's a masterpiece. Fine, we'll rejigger it. Uh, if Letter B is a 10, then Welcome to the Black Parade is a 9.8. Sounds like a 2 at best. Ah, oh, you will. Now that'll get us hate mail. That'll get us banned in China. I feel like China probably doesn't have a massive emo scene. Are you kidding? The fringes are built for it. That'd be the best emos. I don't know. Or Eskimos. That's probably also been banned over there, so who can be sure? Uh, Too much emoting. But, yeah, I love the idea. <laughs> Go back and invent, write a song. Fine. Well, okay, so you take the timeless songs, but you write it in the genre of a time. So you write the mm. 80s synthy version of Wonderwall or Blue. <laughs> you know, the other 10. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Imagine Oombop, sung by... Um, a big band. I was just going to say, it'd be a great big band song. <laughs> yeah, like Frank Sinatra. Yeah, would rate. Has someone made that? <laughs> if not, dips. I'm trying to think how that would go. Anyway, I digress. Probably with, we, like... Uh, overall, yesterday, <laughs> a thumbs up. It is fun, and you probably this is probably already on your radar if you're even mildly interested in the Beatles. But, um, yeah, big thumbs up. Great. So, two losers, one winner from T's Plane Reviews. That are on a plane. Did you watch any movies plane. on a plane, M? No. Nah. All right. Well, that ends this. Sang a song on a boat. Oh, what song? Was it Nookie? <laughs> it was not. Was it a thousand miles? It was a thousand miles, wasn't it? It usually is. So imagine if you wrote a thousand <laughs> miles, but it was like a 
New Order, ni- late 1980s industrial electro vibe. Well, I would actually very much enjoy that. <laughs> you would rate that. <laughs> also dibs. Uh, okay. Um, Coming up. <laughs> after the break, we will review some shit we watched. <laughs> M, you have a show I didn't watch. Tell yes. me why I won't like it. Can you remember what it was called? Um, it w- wasn't that one where the girl was tall so she couldn't get a boyfriend. No. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I was going to go watch it. Just to, I was just going to rage watch it. You were. Um, I don't know. Is there a girl in New York? She's a publicist. No. She can't get a boyfriend. None of those, surprisingly. Well, all right. Is there some 50-year-olds trying to reclaim their youth? Stop talking about the same show. T-Way, you got to hate younger. No, they're, they're all completely different shows. No. What was the one with the... There are mums, probably bad mums. I don't know. Is it called this. Bad Mums? That's a movie, and that movie is great. Ah, oh, no. No, the, the movie the You're thinking good. of Work and Mums. Work and Mums. Which is also great. The other two mum shows I watched were terrible. <laughs> work and Mums, spectacular. Um, <laughs> not talking watch? about those today. Today I'm talking about um, the new Netflix original show, The Politician. Because I saw a trailer for it and I was like, what the actual fuck is this show? It was very colourful and really melodramatic, but also a bit funny, question mark. Um, so I was like, okay, i got to... I gotta watch this, and I think I um I pushed through it all in like a, an evening. So I'm like, this is, hmm, <laughs> I need to see where this goes. So um, it's part of the 300 million dollar Netflix deal with Ryan Murphy, who has made uh, Nip Tuck, American Horror Story, Glee, and the very popular Assassination of um, Gianni Versace. Which I still need to watch. Well, that guy has a track record. Some yeah. of those shows are huge. Yeah. Um, this one's shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't all be winners. They cannot. Uh, in fact, I believe it's his lowest rated show since 2012. You should have just stuck to Young Girl in the City working as a publicist. <laughs> I don't think he does any of those ones. Um, well, that's a different kind of American horror story when you think about it. So um, I started watching this show and the first eight minutes were... Very confusing. Um, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. The acting was so bad that it was unclear if it was on purpose. Like, it it almost had, like, a... It was like Passion's Light, <laughs> <laughs> if you remember watching Passion's After School. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit weird. Um, it was clearly supposed to be satire, um, but it there just wasn't enough of it. So I'm like, I think... This is just strange and terrible. Um, so they really needed to up the satire a little bit. Like, they're kind of making fun of entitled kids. Because the, the whole premise is about this kid called Peyton, who wants to be president. His whole life has been building to this. Um, He's a high, high school, school student. Yeah, right. high school student. And so ever since, like, I don't know, kindy or something, he's been trying to, you know, work on building all this stuff. And he's very, um, very political-minded, very focused. This, this sounds like Reese Witherspoon in Election. Uh, I had wondered if it was going to take that direction, and it it didn't. But I guess it was sort of similar. He's a little bit, like, neurotic and kind of weird. Um, and so he, he refuses to do anything less. But then also insert melodrama at the end of the first episode. And so it's a weird story about rich adopted kid who who's like this, this poster child because he's, you know, adopted but rich. So he, he understands both <laughs> um and 
Yeah, and so it's all about this kind of like false entitlement that people have. Uh, but it's also very melodramatic, so it's kind of like soap opera because, you know, like someone dies and there's murder and espionage and then someone tries to poison someone else and you're like, what is going on? Sounds like Passions. insatiable. It, I, it did remind me a little How bit of that. a simple premise and then they just add too much melodrama and it goes all weird. Yeah, it, it didn't really quite fit. So it tried to be a bit quirky. So in terms of like how it looked and and even in some of like the, the cadences of how people were talking, how it was a little bit kind of, um, uh, I can't even explain it. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of one of my favorite old shows called Pushing Daisies. Like it was very oh, yeah. colorful and a little bit kind of, surreal in that in that kind of way but um but didn't really fully lean into it so it was just kind of around but mixed with all these different little pockets of genres so i'm like what what are you are you a melodrama are you satire are you meant to be some kind of you know dreamscapey thing what is this is this all in peyton's head and that's why it's so colorful i don't know um it was directed by helen hunt interestingly And the one of the things that I had a big problem with it um, is that the last episode also spent a very long time on new characters. <laughs> I'm like, why? The, the last episode. The last episode. Okay. Because it was like maybe a little bit of a time jump and there's all these new people. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Why, why are we doing this? Um, and they really should have been introduced after like the big arc rather than in the last episode. So the one I wrote down a, a weird line to to illustrate this weird quirkiness it tries to embody. So um someone says, "Oh, this is the fourth person who's tried to jump out of a window when I've left them." Um I think it's Gwyneth Poulter actually that says that. So Gwyneth Poulter is in it. She's in it. She plays a mum. Um yeah, like it's it's weird and there was a lot of things that I did kind of like about it in terms of the weirdness, but they just didn't fully commit to the satire or the quirkiness or the melodrama. And mm. so it's sort of trying to build these things. And so it's just a bit of a hot mess, really. Um, it has a lovely rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 57. <laughs> and yeah, um, it's terrible. And apparently each season is going to be a different campaign of patents. So I there's hate a, that people commit to those sort of ideas there's a very, when they release the first season. Very long arc, and they plan on spending his whole life. And I'm like, oh god, I don't think it may get picked up for a second. I don't think it'll get past that because it's too shit, <laughs> really. Uh, and I love most stuff, but it was just look. If you've got nothing else to do, watch it, and then let me know what you think. Like, tell me what genre this is supposed to be because I do not know. You know what show I was glad that got cancelled? Mm. The OA. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I still have mixed feelings about that. That was the worst show I've seen in 10 years. They were about to go somewhere real interesting. Uh, they're, they're always about to. <laughs> it's like a freemium mobile game. It can't be fun. It has to promise there'll be fun later. That was the OA. Mm. Okay, so you thumbs down it, but you're open to other opinions is what you're saying? Uh, look, I'm not open to other opinions. <laughs> it's bad. But tell me what you... Th- where you think this is meant to be, like... Uh, although, actually, no, I lied. I am open to your opinion. Uh, if you did like it, can you explain to me why? Because <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> don't understand. It's, having said that, I'll probably watch the second season. The, uh, this is, you're the problem. I know, I'm the problem. <laughs> Stop watching shows that don't deserve your eyeballs. On a similar note... Your eyeballs are money. There's a new season of that god-awful, insatiable show, and I'm like, 
fuck, I'm going to have to watch that because it's so... <laughs> Don't I encourage to, them. No, I need to know how bad it is. And I've heard it's terrible. I'm like, oh, good, I can shred it. So I'm just going to get real drunk and watch it and just, like, yell a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> my plan. All right. Ready to, for the next one? I am. Up next is the Paul Rudd Netflix original, Living With Yourself. Um, to set the... You see, we did get you. Did get you singing. So this, I don't know, dark comedy. Yeah, I guess. Stars Paul, dark comedy drama. Paul Rudd, who is married to his longtime wife Aisling B. Mm-hmm. Delightfully Irish, Scottish. I don't know. I think she's Irish. Irish. Someone at me and tell me which one. I've not been to that part of the world, and I don't know. So Paul Rudd is sort of in a rut in his job, a rut in his life. And someone tells him about a day spa that Mm. is tip-top and will rejuvenate you. It costs a lot of money. He rocks up. 50 Gs. Pays and goes through the treatment and he wakes up a new man. He feels great. The Mm -hmm. spa worked. He's a rock star. He is confident. He is happier. He is rejuvenated. Indeed. Meanwhile... Across town, mm. another Paul Rudd crawls out of the ground. What? And we find out that this was the original Paul Rudd. Dun, dun, and dun. he has been cloned. Mm. Made a better clone. Better DNA. Better everything. And the original Paul Rudd digs out of the ground. Goes back home. Now we have two Paul Rudds. We have... And who could complain, really? We have OG Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Smurfy hair. Kind of bummed out. And super Paul Rudd. Super optimistic. Super happy. Super enthusiastic. happy Paul Rudd. And that's the premise of the show. Mm. Um, Of which you can gain from the trailer. So that was uh, not giving anything away. Yeah. And it's also the title of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Overview, M. Thoughts? Did you like the show? What would you think? I did like it. So I was really intrigued where they were going to go with it because, um, yeah, the vibe was a bit confusing. So there's a couple of jokes in there, but it also seemed a bit serious. Um, so I, I would call this a more serious role of Paul Rudd's. Um, there are, what I did really like about there is that there are glimpses of Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd throughout the show, which were clearly improvised and hilarious. And I really need to see um, a bit more of that in like some outtakes or something because I bet I bet that was really funny. Like you can you can pick out every single moment where he's obviously improved a line, and I can guarantee immediately afterwards someone's burst out laughing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did really like the show. I I'm not sure about where it left us. It well, before the... before we get to that, yeah. Um... Let's not promise a second season. <laughs> no, do let's. More poor run, please. Especially double the poor run. What did you think? Um, it was okay. The premise was great, but I feel this is one of those shows where it was all premise and they just kept writing until mm. they had eight episodes. So they explore identity a bit. Like, who's the real you? Yeah. Um, is the best you actually the real you? Mm. So they explore this with... Um, with their wife and then the wife's like oh i like this new person but oh wait maybe i don't i don't know Mm. whatever plot um sorry dog attack get out here (laughs) um 
Also with work, a guy who does all the legwork versus the guy who just came in for the inspiration, who owns an idea. Who are you? If you're your best self, are you still you? Mm. Is being a sulky asshole a personality trait that you can shake? Or is Mm. that part of you? And so they sort of fool around with this identity, like which part's me, which part's the fake me. What's something I should improve? What's something that's just completely different? Um, There was a few jokes. They kind of got a bit Santa Clarita-y in vibe, but I don't think they quite nailed it. No, it definitely wasn't as quirky or as funny as that. No. Um, A bit more darker. Yeah, and I don't think they had anywhere to go. They just sort of coexisted, and then there was a little bit horror-y, a little bit... Um, More thrillery, really. Thrillery, a little bit um, drama-y, and then a little bit sort of self-reflection and stuff. And Mm. I was like, okay, well, it's all cool, but we're up to episode seven and nothing's happened yet. It was a short show. Very Mm. easy watch. So I feel they didn't pick a direction and run with it. I think it probably could have been a little bit stronger. Um, that said, I still really enjoyed it. Uh, one of the things I did enjoy about it is that real moral question of um, a lot of stuff. First of all, can we just talk about like how messed up that company is? Just like <laughs> killing off people. <laughs> right. So, all right. So this is the conundrum. So yeah. one of the uh, great gags in the first episode is um, this is the service Tom Brady uses. Mm. So the implication is that every time. Tom Brady has won a Super Bowl. It's because he's had his body incinerated and <laughs> been cloned into a newer, better Tom Brady. I also didn't recognize him because he's smiling in it. And I'm like, who's that guy? Yeah, he's a sulky asshole <laughs> most of the time. So and You're like, it's Tom Brady, you idiot. Like, this, this this could have been the show. The real Tom Brady, sulky crybaby asshole, <laughs> and this happy golden boy people that, that people think Tom Brady is, when mm. in reality he's a sulky crybaby asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a fan. (laughs) If that's not clear. Um, Right, so cloning to make yourself better and the other one's teleportation. Yeah, which we've talked about before because this is is the similar concept to teleportation in that with teleportation, you get destroyed and then rebuilt every time you are going somewhere. And are you, like, that person's memories are identical. So in the world, it's functionally fine. You mm. went one place, the exact same person was now another place. Teleportation works. Mm. But if you're the guy walking into the teleporter... That's it. Do you die and that's the end? Or is the fact that you're being cloned on the other side of the world and living on with your life, is that... Would you do it? And is that ethically different to what's going on here, even though it is, I guess, metaphysically the same? <laughs> Well, yeah, so it's doing the same for an advantage. Yes, so but this one... ethically, is it is it the same? And if not, why not? So uh, I found those some interesting things to explore. For example, uh, memory transfer. What's the fucking deal with that? Um, what makes a memory a real memory? Because our own memories are so fabricated most of the time anyway, because they change over time based on new information that comes in and just based on every time you recall a memory, it's always a little bit different. So... How is making a direct copy any more real? Is it more real because it's an actual direct copy? Is what I want to know. Is that 
funny you mention that. There was mm. a good Red Dwarf episode in the oh, yeah? very early runs where they did this. So there's uh, Rimmer's depressed because he's never lived, never, you know, had much luck with the ladies. Mm. So Dave downloads one of his flings, one of his summer girlfriends, and downloads it to the other guy. Mm. And the other guy thinks he had a girlfriend and he was really happy about it. And it's like, cool, I've given him a happy memory. He's much happier now because he's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, I had this awesome girlfriend once. Ah, nostalgia. <laughs> and then obviously he finds out and they all get upset and it's a whole whole thing. But yeah, um, yeah. what are the ethics of that? Selling a memory, buying a memory. That too. So like, that's also very interesting. I can't afford to go to the Super Bowl. How much could I pay to have the memory of someone who went to the Super Bowl and pretend it was my own? Can I buy memory insurance because my memory is so bad? So if I can pay to, like, have a memory drop box. <laughs> well, if you have Rick and Morty rules, you can download it and back it up. That's and true. And reacquire them later. So you can take unpleasant like memories out, leave them in storage in case you need them, but sure. not have them ruining your day-to-day life. <laughs> mm. Like that time you called a waiter mum. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't need that haunting me every night and stopping me from sleeping. <laughs> I can stick that on a shelf. <laughs> In case I, I need to reminisce true. the schnitzel I had that day. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, another interesting thing about this show, just talking about clones, is a lot of the time when we talk about the ethics of cloning, we're like, well, what's the what's the moral status of the clone? Normally, you talk about a clone that's been made for, like, organ harvesting or something like <laughs> that. But in this case, the moral status has been flipped because they make a clone to make a better version of you and then your original copy, like yourself is um is then destroyed. So then you're kind of flipping the whole moral status debate. So that's also some interesting food for thought as well. Well, in this show, they the the original Paul Rudd kind of exerts his dominance, saying, well, mm. I'm the original one, so you rack off. <laughs> mm. Whereas if you were the clone, you'd be like, well, I'm better than you in every way, so I'm just going to take your life. <laughs> like, it's very interesting looking at things like um, chemistry too and, and some other learned behaviors because even though this... This clone is like a direct copy and everything. There's still some things he can't do, but it's not consistent. So I don't know if that was deliberately not consistent or if that's like some uh, bigger commentary on like, all these things go beyond anything that can be copied. Mm. Um, so yeah, much to much to think about. We should watch Multiplicity with Michael Keaton. We should. That was all about cloning. We should and continue this conversation. I think that'll be fun. <laughs> Any more thoughts? No, it was... Interesting, a short watch, so you can hammer it. So I would recommend it, um, yeah. but it wasn't on the same level as Santa Clarita. Or... Well, no, that was a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, one last sort of moral thought that I just had is, um, is like, what makes the like this clone is a more, uh, for lack of a better word, superior human because that's what he was made to do, um, to be not sad and more productive and things like that. Um, but then what makes that clone less real? Like, it's not an android. And even then, we have this conversation about androids and AI. So um, what makes the clone less real than another person besides this lack of individuality? But even then, they're very different because, like, one's sad and one's happy, basically. So are they not just, like, another variation of all the wonderful ways that we can make people now? So, you know, there people are made the old-fashioned way, and then people are made in IVF. What's to say this isn't the next kind of uh, endeavor of making people? It's a real ethical conundrum mm. when you can clone people. So, you know, you go down to the shop, clone yourself a 
wife of based on a supermodel or something mm. does that original person have rights over that how would yeah. you feel if someone cloned you to be their whatever stay-at-home wife or something yeah it's all very interesting and then again that brings into the whole like moral status of that person like are they then like a bought slave is that is that the kind of movement that that you know selling people's genetics would be going into in which case that's obviously terrible because this is still a person despite how they were created so much ethical debates to be thought what are your thoughts on cloning please send us a tweet at goodpop underscore badpop there's um a discussion about the everyone submitting their dna for testing Mm, and the ethics yeah you know the ethics around that and like no one can do anything with that information now but in 20 years, some company has your DNA and is like, hey, I can make this person. Like, holy crap. And then one day, your clone knocks on the door and is like, I'm here to kill you and take over your life because I don't have a social security number or a driver's license. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> uh, yep, so send your thoughts to our mm-hmm. socials. Um, any final thoughts? No, that's pretty much it for me. All right, I've got to go to the pub. So we will wrap it up <laughs> there. Thank you for listening to Good Pop, Bad Pop with M&T. Yes, you can send us a tweet on Twitter at goodpop underscore badpop and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodpopbadpoppodcast. Same on Instagram, goodpopbadpoppodcast. We will see you next week. We'll probably be reviewing Bojack Horseman next season. I don't know. We'll find Ooh, out. Maybe Outer Worlds. And that, oh God, don't get me started. We'll see you then. Bye.